are tuned in to Strengthen the Soul podcast, a safe place for learning and growing. I am here to help you navigate through life's greatest challenges. I am Katie, your host, a licensed social worker, therapist, intuitive empath, a healer who's healed herself, and I'm here to help you strengthen your soul. We are all beautiful souls in this life. We are healing, we are living, and we are loving. My mission is to bring awareness to all things mental health, provide motivation and information, and discuss mental wellness and spirituality. Thank you for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Strengthen the Soul podcast. I am so happy and honored to share space with this wonderful woman. She is a fellow social worker. Her name is Elise, and she is called the relatable social worker on social media. I started following her on social media through my Strength in the Soul Instagram page, and everything that she was posting, I was resonating with so much. And it was really powerful to see another fellow social worker out there really pushing out content for our community. And as you guys know, I am such an advocate for building community, building safe places for people to learn and grow together. So I definitely wanted to connect with Elise here and have us talk about something super powerful. And today we share an amazing conversation about being your authentic self. And part of being a relatable social worker, a relatable human being, is your ability to connect with other people, your ability to be vulnerable, and your ability to be relatable through these connections. And that is something that I'm very proud of. That is something that I advocate for, something that I definitely embody in my practice as a therapist and also as a human. I want people to know that it's safe for you them to be their authentic self, to be vulnerable, and that I might not be able to understand every single thing of what you're going through in life, and I can relate to you in so many ways, and it's safe for us to relate together. Something that has been really important for me on my healing journey is feeling safe to be my authentic self, personally and professionally. Something that Elise and I get into on this episode is exactly that. It's safe for you to be your authentic self. And it's such a powerful conversation because I think people need to hear the perspective that whatever feels right for you is the right thing. And you will find the right perfect people in your personal life to connect to you and your right perfect clients and partners in business to work with and to have on your caseload or as your customers, whatever you do for a living. As long as you are showing up as your authentic self, it is safe for you to do so. You don't have to fit into a box. You don't have to fit the mold that society has built around a specific way of living, way of being, way of working. 
You don't have to. If it doesn't feel aligned for you, it's okay for you to step out of it. It's safe for you. We even get into like job interviews and job interviews can make you feel extremely uncomfortable and unsafe, making you feel like you have to step into this role as somebody who is not authentic to you. You know, we joke about like your language that you're using. Of course, you want to sound professional, but if you want to speak a certain way, like you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. And I think that is really powerful to talk about when we're talking about authenticity is releasing that notion of perfectionism. You are perfect all on your own as your authentic self. And releasing that notion that we have to be perfect, right? Perfect is an illusion. There is no such thing as perfect. It's safe for you to be human and it is safe for you to be your authentic self. Thank you for listening to this episode and stay tuned as I connect with the relatable social worker, Elise. I love that your name on social media is the relatable social worker because that just probably speaks to so much of who you are as an individual. And again, just kind of talking and reiterating what I was saying before that what you're putting out there, you're doing such amazing work in this community that you're building with, with your social media and the work that you're doing, you know, you really are putting out there that you are relatable for people and that it is safe for people to learn from you and grow with you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Well, let's see. So my name's Elise. I guess I haven't really said that yet. Um, I'm a licensed clinical social worker in Southern California and, you know, I'm pretty open. I'm very much like human first. If you've Mm -hmm. seen my stuff, obviously, like, you know, that about me that this is sounds so cheesy. And I always say this, but I kind of feel like social work found me in more ways. Like I was not seeking it out. I went into college, um, as a psych major initially, and then quickly learned how like much more that was like research and, uh, very much not what I thought it was going to be. So I switched to human development and minored in psychology. And during that time I was like, that was more like the theories. And I was way more fascinated with like human behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's funny because I'm going to jump around here a little bit, but like my senior year of high school, we had to do a senior project and they had us take one of those like career quizzes mm-hmm. and the top, I came actually came across this within the last few years, the top two jobs that it had for me basically equated to a school social worker. It was either a school social worker or like a um, family therapist, one or the other, that right. was the second one. And then like child welfare. So it's super wow. strange how it ended up being like the two things that I've done and mm-hmm. very like unconsciously this happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had shadowed a, it was a family friend, a licensed marriage, licensed marriage and family therapist at that time. And I loved it. Didn't know if that's what I wanted to do necessarily. Um, and then in grad school, we had somebody from CPS come out and talk to our, one of our classes. And I was like fascinated. I'm like, I want to do that. Yeah. So those are like the very, um, obvious reasons why I got into it. And then you know, when I reflect on the bigger why, and I think of like what probably drew me to that, that's where I feel like it comes to my own experiences. Um, so I lost my mom to suicide when I was 10. Um, and I've had a 
a really great life. I had a great childhood. Mm-hmm. I have great family and I have a ton of resiliency and protective factors, which I think obviously are extremely helpful. It's just pretty isolated. Yeah. Um, but obviously that was difficult. I had lived with my mom and stepdad and siblings at that time. And then pretty much almost directly after that, I moved with my dad, stepmom, other siblings, and then my, my biological brother. And I'm putting that in quotes. Cause I feel like my siblings are my siblings, but of course, my biological I, brother I and I, yeah, mm-hmm. we, um, primarily moved in with my dad. So we like totally swapped homes and schools and environments, like everything kind of flipped for us. Um, so that definitely is like my passion as to like, why I think mental health is so important to me. Um, especially around like suicide prevention. And I, I work in a high school now. So I left child welfare after about five years and I've been in a high school since then. And as you know, working with this population, like it's pretty much threat assessments and crisis intervention pretty frequently. Um, I feel like that's a lot of what I do and I'm just thankful to get to be a part of that because like you said, I think it makes us more accessible and I'm super thankful for like a lot of the kids I work with, either they've never heard of therapy, um, had a bad experience with therapy or completely, I hate using this word, but resistant, like not interested for whatever reason. And so it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Guarded. And I'm very thankful that I get to be in a position where I get like, I just feel like I'm awarded more time to try to build that rapport and that relationship, even if it's just planting the seed. And then maybe in six months they'll come to me and, you know, for kids I meet as a freshman, maybe it's two years later, but they know that I'm there. So that's been like probably my favorite piece of it is getting to have that accessibility for people that may otherwise never get the help that they need. Absolutely. Well, you know, I'm very sorry for your loss and everything that you've gone through, you know, to have dealt with that at a young age is, is no joke, you know, and I can see the resiliency in you and, you know, I'm happy to have this space where you're sharing that with me, you know, sharing that. Of course, of course. And I think, you know, I will say when I started my social media, um, last April ish, um, I was, you know, not, I will not want to say bored cause I had a newborn mm-hmm. at the time. Um, but it was one of those things I felt like something was missing. Like, yeah. you know, in child welfare, I was working towards getting licensed and that was like the next thing I was working towards. And then I was just kind of being, and I'm okay with that. Cause you know, I feel like, yeah, I worked hard. I felt like I was finally able to take a breather and just like enjoy my life. And then there felt like there was something missing. Like I wanted to have almost like a creative outlet in a way that felt, you know, aligned with what I believe and almost like getting to bring the me that's like, I'm authentic at work, but you know, there's politically, there's things that I don't bring to the table at work because it's work and I need to be professional that cool. This is a space that has nothing to do with my employment that I get to have that. Mm -hmm. And, but when I started it, it didn't necessarily start off as that I changed the name to represent more of me rather than something I was doing. Mm-hmm. And when I was choosing that name, I wanted that to be like the relatable piece, be something about it. And not to say that I get everybody's situation, but it's, I think that assumptions can be made about me very easily that, mm-hmm. and I have, I come from a lot of privilege. There's a lot of things that I've had great in my life, but it hasn't always been easy. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to make that clear because I think social media can be very, um, What's the word I'm looking for? 
I know it's been a long day for us. I can't think I'm all perceiving. That's not the right word, but, um, you know, I just, I wanted to bring something else. And honestly, at the time, and it's so cool coming across people now and following a ton of other mental health professionals and creators and people, but the people I was following, which I loved and respected were very much to me, what appear to be kind of the leave yourself at the door therapist. Mm -hmm. And that's really not me. And I always kind of felt like, not like something was wrong with me, but like, like I'm probably doing something. Maybe I shouldn't by being so human first. And then now I'm like, Oh my God, fuck. Yeah. Like I've met so many people that are like me that get to Mm -hmm. show up and I can like have, you know, my style that I like and and speak how I want to speak. And there are going to be people that are for that and need that, that, that other style isn't for. And that's Mm -hmm. not to say that what I'm doing is for everyone or what the other person's doing is for everyone, but that there is a someone for everyone. And that makes me happy. (laughs) Yeah. And I love that you bring that up because I think that, you know, in this mental health profession, we can leave that cookie cutter therapist role and actually be ourselves, you know, that and release that fear that we have to be that, um, certain way. And like you said, like, it's not like that way is wrong. Maybe it works for other people. And for us, this is how we feel the best. And I know for me, like I'm a, I'm an energy healer and I'm very spiritual. And so that like, you know, really works for me. And like, I, I'm, I started a private coaching business in COVID last year because I lost a lot of work because I'm an independent contractor. So, you know, I wasn't just employed. I was doing therapy with kids the whole time over zoom. And I'm sure, as you know, during that time, it was very difficult to connect with, you know, certain kids. So as I have been navigating my career in social work, mental health, spirituality, I have completely transformed as I have been honoring my authentic self. Last year in COVID, I drastically went down a healing journey because I actually had time to slow down. And it was so powerful for me because I completely found myself in a whole different way. I took my spiritual practices in my personal life and I was called to really turn them into a career. So now I have cultivated this whole new way of living, being, and working in this field of helping other people. Because not only now am I a licensed therapist, I am an energy healer and a empowerment coach, a psychic medium, and I am taking my intuition, I am taking my drive to nurture, validate, and help other people, and I have this business called Strength in the Soul, and it's been so beautiful and therapeutic for me to live this life as my authentic self and transition When I first started my career being a therapist, I thought, okay, I have this track of I'm going to open up my own private practice. I'm going to get my license, then my clinical license, and do all of that. And to some degree, I think who knows what the plan is going to be. Maybe I will. I'm definitely on the track to get my C. All the paperwork is in. I have to just take the test. And it's like I trust whatever is meant for me will be for me. All I am responsible for is completely living as my authentic self. And I think that this powerful conversation 
has been so powerful for me engaging in it, not only creating it for other people to listen to. So thank you again for continuing to listen and stay tuned as we go further into this. Well, and I think that's what's so cool about this and getting the opportunity to do those types of things on the side or on your own, if that's what you choose to do full time, is that you're bringing in the education and then also bringing in this other piece. And it, again, it's not to say, I love this when people talk about like evidence-based, because it's not to say that things that are not evidence-based are not, there just hasn't been a ton of research around those things. And at the end of the day, if it helps somebody, and we know that religion can be really helpful for people, just like spirituality can be really helpful for people, um, whatever works. And I, it's so funny because I don't know if you get this, but a lot of the questions I get from people in my social media will be like newer social workers or people going to school for social work. Like what's, you know, one piece of advice you can give, or what would you say? And I just like, whether it's to them or going back to myself, like, I wish I would have told myself to just be more authentic. And like, I know reflecting back on grad school, I think I guarantee some of my professors were not really about me and that's okay. Like, Mm -hmm. but I remember literally choosing out the clothes for my interview. And I remember a friend telling me like, Oh, don't wear, um, don't wear anything with bright colors. Like don't wear perfume. And she's very professional. And, Mm -hmm. and that was great then, but I was trying to fit into this box of what I thought I should be and who I should be. And now I'm like, no way. You better believe I'm like the L woods social work. And I will like spray (laughs) my resume with perfume and like, I'm just going to go against the grain. And if I'm not for somebody, Mm -hmm. I don't want to work for you anyways. Like when I went into my current interview for this job, I remember telling myself, like, you say, like, you say, um, be yourself. Cause I also know my shit and I have a lot of room to grow, but like, I know what I know. And you know, there's a benefit to hiring me because of who I am. And I love my ability to be able to connect with teenagers because of those pieces of myself. And I'm not going to change those things, you know? And honestly, like, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I've been to a few different therapists and you know, the ones that I didn't like were the, the kind that just like tried to squeeze into this box where I was like, who are you outside of this? Are you the same? Yeah. Like, and then the people that I am drawn to, like, even in the workforce, like, even if it's like an initial assumption that I'm like, that's interesting. Like I care enough about the person to get to know them, to try and understand like, well, am I just making an assumption, an assumption? Like what's, who is this person behind the role? And right. I don't know. It's just human behavior is fascinating. Humans are fascinating. And yeah, I'm just, I'm thankful for this field. It's very cool. And I feel like I'm constantly like just pushing little norms and boundaries at work. Like I wear my hats to work now. Like my love that. Oh, I know you look so pretty in them. I love that. You. And normally I wear them on just like dirty hair days and it kind of started during COVID and I'm like, I feel like I can get away. And now I'm like, yeah, why can't I? Like I'm you know? So I don't know. It's just the silly little things, but authenticity and, you know, showing up, going against the grain. And it, I think it's just good to challenge some of those things. Yeah. Otherwise nothing changes. Exactly. Exactly. We have to shift as we're all learning, Yeah. you know? And I remember being in therapy a couple of years ago before I was actively a therapist and I was sitting in my therapist's office and I remember seeing her like 
I, I remember like five minutes before the session was up, like I started crying or something. There was one day and I just remember her being like, okay, like, well, we have five minutes left. And like, I just felt like I shriveled up, like, oh my God, like as I was literally being so vulnerable and pouring my heart out and I felt so much pain releasing. And then her doing that totally invalidated me and made me feel like, oh, well, what the fuck? Like I can't, you know, like even like share whatever you're gonna make me feel guilty about maybe going a minute over and I understand timing especially (laughs) in our career like you gotta get those appointments in like I understand and also like if you're if you are booking appointments back to back to the point where you're not allowing me to be vulnerable in that moment like I was like I don't know I don't I hate that I I never wanted to like well even think about I think like if that, and I've had that happen, right. Where in my mind, I'm like, Oh my God, like I, I have know. another student. Right. But right. In those situations, like I would more so tell them when the five minutes is up, like depending on where they're at, like, I'm so sorry. Right. Because yes. I feel like by saying it, when it starts, it's almost like you're inconveniencing me by your crying and you yes. have five minutes. So let it out. Like, yeah, I, I'm amazed. I don't know if you feel like this and I don't want to like I really don't want to bash. I'm just amazed. No, 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 no. Of course. Yeah. When kids come in and tell me some of the things, like the experiences they've had, and I try to take it with a grain of salt. Cause I'm like, was that perception? But sometimes I'm like, there's no way a, an adult, let alone another therapist said that. It's like no. some of the things they tell me, I'm like, what? Like, Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. I know. I know. And I think that, you know, when we receive those things, it just can help us give that insight to how we're doing a good job and how like we're recognizing how we can improve or how we are on the right path in the work that we're doing and in the right place in the right field you know yeah um you know I I like those little winks where it is yeah something right (laughs) well and oftentimes and again I work primarily with teens right so I think like sorry my phone Oh, you're totally a lot of the times, like they're so used to adults, just like telling them what to do, what not to do, how to feel, what not to feel that invalidating their experiences. Like no joke. Anytime I have a student that goes through a breakup, I feel like they're like, I know it's silly, but and I'm like, that is not silly. Like my breakup high school, college time was really hard. Like it hurts, but it's often like, and I even think sometimes the adults who are I'm trying to think of how to say this. Uh, um, I think there's sometimes expectations of what people want my work to look like with students and what they think needs to be changed. And ultimately my big thing is, is like, Oh, you don't want to stop smoking weed. Okay. What do you want? What is it you're looking to change? What is it you're looking to work on? Let's start there. So it doesn't always meet the expectations of the parents or other people, but it's what the kid wants. And that may lead to changes in other areas. Right. But we have to really, really start where people are. And I think that that gets lost a lot in expectations. Yes. And I literally can attest to that when I'm doing therapy with children and the parents are very heavily involved in treatment in a, in a sense, because I always tell them like, I'm doing this work and you're, you can't tell me what to do. You can't lead treatment because mm-hmm. you can be a part of treatment. However, if I'm doing, if I'm working with this child, 
and I'm sending them back home, let's just say to an environment that's going to re-trigger them, re-traumatize them, is not conducive to our treatment plan. How are you know, how are you can to tell me what to do when you're not, you know, you're not aiding in this process? Yeah. Right. And sometimes they don't understand that because they just they want to tell you how to do your job because they, yeah. they feel like they know what's best. You know, I I, I totally Yeah. It's hard. It is hard. It's hard. And that's why I love social work specifically, you know, it's, it's neat just trying to pull in all those parts. And I feel like I'm constantly learning, like constantly learning. Oh my gosh. Like I, I tell people all the time, I feel like everybody should get a course in social work, like every single person. I just feel like you learn so much. Yeah. And I don't think people really realize because one, if you put me in the box of quote unquote therapist, right. I feel like personally, I'm like, oh, you miss all these other things that I've gotten to learn and do, but two, like, and I'm sure you feel like this having worked for child welfare. I'm like, oh my God, I know exactly how long, um, the drug use shows up in the meconium when the baby's (laughs) born. Like there's so many different things. I'm like, yeah, I feel like I'm a, an expert in many ways and still constantly learning, but it's, it's nice to have a toolbox with so many different things that I don't think people would like anticipate us knowing about. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. but I, I love it. I, I can't imagine doing anything else. I love, and it is, it's always like, there's more to learn. I feel like I have way too many freaking books that I need to actually read. Same. But I get excited. I'm like, Ooh, what's that? Okay. Like I'm, I'm really into learning about, um, acceptance and commitment therapy right now. Mm. So I just bought two books and I have like opened up the first one like three weeks ago. And I'm like, I need to actually sit down and read it. But I know. fascinating. Right now I'm very into like the somatic therapy. Yes. Yeah. Love that. Really amazing. I just took a great training on um, anxiety that does, it just talks a lot about more the bottom up. Like, Oh, I love that. You can't start with like CBT. Like we can get there, but you got to start with what's happening in the body. Very fascinating. Yeah, it really is. And that's, that's why, like, I just, I love constantly learning. Um, My first therapy job, we, we did a DBT group. And so I got certified in DBT and then I started running a group for teens. Oh, cool. That group changed my life. I remember Mm. like after a year of running the group, I was saying to one of the new groups, I was like, guys, like I've been running this group for a year and I'm a changed person from teaching this group. So as I'm teaching, I'm integrating, like I'm integrating the skills and it's, I mean, I've healed so much even just from using these skills and it's true like oh my gosh like it's it's just powerful to just always keep you know keeping yourself on your toes educating yourself constantly and like I think one thing that I learned in my life and it mirrors my personal and professional like that it's okay to ask Mm -hmm. it's okay to learn it's okay if you don't know something because I think that when you're in a profession in any profession really you know but like I just felt like as a professional, I always felt like I couldn't appear like I didn't know something. Yep. So I never really asked. And even like my, my supervisors are always like, Katie's so independent and this and that. And it's because, and I really, I, I really had to break it down one day in supervision and, and say like, listen, you know what? I really have a hard time asking for help because I don't want, I don't want to appear to not be on yeah. top of my game. And I'm working on that because now I understand this pattern within me and I really do enjoy learning 
Mm-hmm. I do enjoy receiving assistance and criticism and supervision. You know, I, I really do love and enjoy that. And I think that's part of why I love this podcast and podcasting in general, because I really get to connect with people who are same and different, are the same and different, you know, like people that I choose to connect with. I'm very intentional with who I choose to connect with, you know, because we're learning and growing together. Yeah. And I want to learn and grow with you, you know, and I think that's, it's just amazing. Yeah. No, I agree. And everything you're talking about resonates with like the, it's almost like the people pleasing aspects, right? Like we, and I felt the same way. I remember just being like, well, I'm even, especially once I got licensed actually, cause I got licensed when I worked for child welfare, like mm-hmm. I wasn't doing the quote unquote clinical work. And even in my role now I don't diagnose. So right. like if you were to ask me, I'm like, I don't know, I have to pull out the DSM before right. I know. I mean, I knew enough to like take my exam, but at the end of the day, I think what is cool about this is like, I've learned not to be so hard on myself about not knowing something because there is, I mean, it's just like endless how much there's to learn and unlearn, like with everything within the last year or two around black lives matter. And mm-hmm. I feel like I've unlearned a lot of things and I'm yes. super grateful for, and that's, I like love Instagram for that kind of yes. stuff and just getting to follow creators that, you know, different voices and, and hearing different experiences, but it's cool because I feel like there's those little tidbits that we take and then we pass along. Like, for example, one of these trainings I went to recently, um, the presenter was talking about panic attacks and she was like, I think it's like the stupidest thing that they call it a panic attack. Like, and she's like, I have like rephrased it, whatever you want to call it, like to, um, what she call panic reaction. Mm. And I was like, Oh, I love that. She's like, you're not being attacked. Like that. What an awful name for people to like, identify, like I'm having a panic attack. Like something's wrong. Something's attacking you because you're not actually in danger. Um, And I love that. Those are just those little pieces that I'm like, okay, yep. I'm sticking with that. And you better believe every kid that comes in here, that's having a panic attack. We're going to help reframe what that looks like, because then I hope it's that reminder for them of you're not actually being attacked. This is a response to something going on. Um, yeah. So again, it's just those little things. Like I love, like you said, I love learning and yeah, it's just, it's fascinating for sure. It really is. And, you know, just talking about advocacy for mental health, you know, the more that we learn and the more that we integrate these things that we are learning, the more that we can reach and help people. Yeah, absolutely. And I do, I think it is neat, the online space, because again, all I can think is if somebody can't afford therapy, if somebody has had a bad experience, if somebody just needs to feel validated and they're following accounts, not necessarily even mine, but just like mental health accounts, right? Like to have that exposure to something where, you know, maybe you learn something and maybe it, it, when you are ready, that's something that you can dive into, but it's neat. And I think, I hope people realize and like understand and recognize like how much work goes into it. And honestly, like where it's coming from and in the place of why everybody's doing the work that they do, you know, cause it really, and I'm sure you feel like this, it's like a, it's like a full on, it can be a full-time job. Like it's definitely a side thing, but I stay up pretty late working on my stuff or I used to do it after work a lot, but, um, it takes a lot to think of like content and to, you know, and that's what I've really realized too, is that 
when I first started my Instagram, it came from a very, really a dark place in my life. So, you know, when you were talking about how it was a creative outlet for you, that's exactly how I started mine as well. And I had no idea like where it was going to go. I just had the intention of, I needed something to like save my soul type of thing. Yeah. And I, I lost my boyfriend two years ago, um, to an accidental overdose and, it was very traumatic for me. Thank you. Yeah. It was really, really hard for me. And with everything that I thought that I knew or all the, all the healing that I had done, I feel like my whole life like crashed before my eyes. And I just, I literally didn't even know how to live. And I grieved for a whole year. I feel like, you know, just heavy grieving, just crying every day, like Mm -hmm. not knowing what to do, where to go, how to think, how to feel. And I remember just laying in bed one day saying like, I don't want to die. Like, I don't want to die. However, I don't care if I die, Mm -hmm. you know, like I just felt so lifeless because I was in so much pain. And that's where I said, okay, it's time. It's literally time. And Mm -hmm. I got out of bed and I started my Instagram and you know, I just wanted to post, you know, mental health quotes. Like I had no idea what I was going to do, you know? Um, Cause I knew eventually I wanted to open up a private practice, which now I don't even know if I want to do that anymore. You know, however, I just, that's what I wanted at the time. Yeah. And, um, and I was like, this will just be kind of like a gearing towards that le- leading towards it. You know, I just think it was fun. And But as I grew, so all this story to say that as I was growing in my Instagram and and how I became very passionate about it and I loved it, it makes you feel so good to be creative. Like creativity Mm -hmm. is so healing. Mm -hmm. Um, I realized too that actually you can't just throw up a post. Like you have to be intentional with it. You have to like make sure that it says really powerful words that you want to, the message that you want to share is going to be received you don't know where it's going to be received how it's going to be received and you can't control that and that's okay and I want it to be received in the way that like I want to put out the best intention with it yeah right and then then I started actually putting effort and intention into making it like look nice and presentable and like making a logo and stuff but Mm -hmm. I remember at first like I didn't do that and it was like I was kind of upset because I was like oh like, I don't feel like people are really drawn to this, but Mm -hmm. I really have a powerful message to share. Mm -hmm. It's because the energy behind it was just like, throw it out there, whatever, whatever. Now, okay. I have this creative, beautiful post that I'm going to share. Yeah. I love that. And thank you for sharing your experience. And yeah, it's awful. And I'm sorry that that happened to you. And, and I love and appreciate that there was a point a low point. Right. Cause I hear that a lot with, even like with some suicidality, like not necessarily I, um, want to die or I'm going to go do something to make sure that I die. But that, that feeling of, but if I get hit by a car on my way home, right. wouldn't be mad. And that piece, like, so the fact that you were able to go, okay, like I need to do something and like, you know, did what you needed to do. And it, And this is what I love about healing is that it looks different for everybody. And for you, it was starting this creative outlet and really diving into that. And I, there is something just so powerful about, about the side of the internet. I don't know. Like, I think it's really, really cool. And like you said, as much as you know, that the things that maybe you put out there are helping others, it's also helping you along the way. And that's really, really cool. 
Yeah, absolutely. And social media is a tool, you know, kind of going back to what you were saying before too, is that like, it really is a tool and it can be used with intention. Like, I remember over quarantine when I had that time, I unfollowed like a lot of people, Mm -hmm. even like celebrities that I genuinely like. I was like, Mm -hmm. I just don't, you're not serving me in any way. I don't need to, I want to, I want to be intentional with this. Like I do want to just follow you know, people or accounts that are actually filling up my cup and Mm -hmm. making me a better person every single Mm -hmm. day. Um, and I did that and, and I hope that my account is, is that for somebody else. And like, I know that your account is that for other people as well. Like, I know like that we have that same mission, you know, that being intentional with the people that we follow and hopefully people are intentional with following us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I don't know if you've felt like this, but there's been times where Oh my gosh, everything can get so controversial, right? Sometimes I'm like, listen, I can't put everything into a 15 second reel that's going to encompass every caveat and nuance. But I used to get pretty offended, like at some of the comments or people unfollowing me. And now I'm like, I don't care. Like if you are unfollowing me, like I'm not for you and that's okay. Right. And if somebody like I used to actually went to another creator who has a pretty big following, like saying like, what do I do with these mean comments? Like I want people to the freedom to express how they're feeling, but like She's like, no, this is your, think of it as like your home. This is your house and you have the door open and whoever wants to come in can come in. But if they're disrespectful, you can ask them to leave and not be allowed to come back. So that mind shift for me of like, you're right. This is my space. And I, yeah, I just, I block people now when people write mean things. And it's one thing if it's like, I don't agree. And they're expressing no problem. But if you're just being a jerk to be a jerk, no, you're gone. Like, yes. Nobody has time for that. Yeah. Literally, there's no reason for people to be disrespectful other than they're just like projecting their issues. And we are not about that over here. (laughs) Exactly. And it's just funny. So I'm like, yeah, we see right through that. That's obviously a you problem. Literally. Not a me. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If you had to leave one piece of knowledge, advice, words of wisdom, love, I know that is like a loaded question, but with your experience, your advocacy with mental health what would you want to share and leave us with today? Okay. I feel like I'm going to give a bonus one because I do feel like I already, and I'll reiterate it, but my one that I've already said is just that I think it's so important to find that authenticity and show up as yourself. And I know that sounds very cliche, but if you lose yourself in what you're doing, like you're not going to show up as the best version of yourself anyway. So find a way to be in whatever profession that you want to be, but still be who you are because you're going to help more people that way. Um, but let's see. Okay. A piece that I haven't said, I'll say this one for, and I don't know your population of listeners, but, and it really could be for anybody, but mm-hmm. teens, especially I get this a lot where people get so worried to share someone's, I'm going to call it a secret of feeling suicidal. Mm-hmm. And I just, I know it sounds like kind of harsh, but I always tell people like, you'd rather have a mad friend than a dead friend. Um, and just know that that's just a, like a secret not to keep, um, and to not be afraid to call somebody else. That's maybe not so emotionally connected to the situation or call a hotline to like, just help you navigate like what to do in that kind of situation. But I've just seen so many times, right. Where that things could have been different. Yeah. Or you hear how things could have been different if somebody had just spoken up. And um, I just want people to know that that's doesn't make you that actually makes you a very good friend. 
mm-hmm. by speaking up. So I will leave it with that. That's a beautiful message. And thank you so much. I know yeah. that will definitely help a lot of people. And I think that it's so aligned that you shared that message because earlier today I posted a picture of <coughs> how it feels in your mind and your body when you feel that resistance within you or something just doesn't feel good. And yeah. that's, that's a pull that you're not living as your authentic self. Yeah. So I just I love that so aligned. Yeah, definitely. Well, it was so great connecting with you. Thanks for having me on. 